most outstanding. This time, we spent an exciting half hour of adventure and action with America's public hero number one. Hello, Eric. Well, even two-fisted cowboys take summer vacations when they can, and Hello. is no exception. Elric. Be back with us riding this air trails again. One weeks from tonight, June 29th. Get this and get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road, and those who travel it wind up in the gut of the prison of the grave. There's no other end. But they never learn. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in The Adventures of Sean Windsor. <laughs> That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MF. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Oh, boy. Is it hello, kids? Hello. It's hey, kids. Hey, kids. It's your old pal. The first problem is you're cranking my headphones. So oh, think, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I'm used to it. Sorry, I can't hear, though. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's because Mike's not here, and, you know, we'd normally we can keep it low because he speaks so loudly. Yeah, no ML today. I guess, I don't know, he needed some time off. We might just try calling him in a little bit to see what is so important. Uh, that's coming up. We have a very special guest in in place of him with Jim Schaefer. Oh, you said his name already. I was just going to say oh, it's... I was teasing, but go ahead. Well, I know the tease is important in this business. Uh, let me just say this. Our guest today is somebody Mike did not think we could get. In fact, when I suggested... Uh, okay, fine, Jim Schaefer. He said, no, I don't think he'll do it. <laughs> so I text him, or maybe I call him, or maybe both. I can't remember. And he says, sure. I'm like, okay, well, why wouldn't you do it for... Why wouldn't he have done it for Mike, Mark? Well, either ML really didn't want him on the show... <laughs> Or that's Jim probably, didn't. That's probably want, the most reasonable. Because you knew I was going to say, or Jim didn't want to do it with ML while ML was here. So yeah, so he made it. He made it sound like a big to do. It was rather easy. Um, can it? Can can we shoot? Should we say who Jim is? Aside from a good friend, a, a Renaissance man, a very, a very handsome man. Jim, what is your official title? Glad you're keeping the uh, Elric theme going strong, even though he's not here. <laughs> What's my official title? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure I remember. It's it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, at the Free Press, you mean? Yeah. Yes. In life. All of it. Father, husband. That's my title. Yeah. No. Uh, senior news director for autos, education, business, and investigations. Well, that that's, that's a lot. lot. It's too much. Um, did that used to be all one uh, editor for one of those each? And then uh, you started- I am actually, yes, I am. Uh, filling the roles of two people previously. Hmm. Are you getting paid <laughs> the roles of two no, people? No, oddly oh, enough, not. when I took on the second gig, it was at the same uh, price level. I have to still make amends for that with my uh, with my boss, I think. So you do? I might. I might have to talk to him about it. You should. I should. I mean, Elric would if we're going to, if Elric we're going to, if we're going parti- to, we're going to ask ourselves continually. Elric, I'm sitting in his seat. You are. I got to raise this microphone, man. Well, he's a little short. Well, it's not that he's short as much as he's stooped over. He's a little guy. You know what I mean? He's six three, but he he looks about five eight. <laughs> he, he stands like a question Wait, mark. Is this the show where you are unleashed? <laughs> yes, we all want. We all agree. More Sean is good. No, I mean his silhouette's like a question mark, right? So it, right. it's a little. <laughs> 
which is odd for somebody that loves to hear himself speak so much. And and we may try to actually hear him speak a little bit later, right, Mark? Is well, that, I'm just interested well, to see if it should be fun. Is I, that I saw he had the the not that it takes long to send a tweet out, but he did send a tweet out about the show today and everything else. But you know, he's not here, and Lord knows, the internet never works. So I don't know why. I don't know what's so important that he's not here. That's a good question. Before, though, we, we get into Jim and, and say why he's here and what we're going to talk about, you you have something. Yeah, i got to tell you about our, our main sponsor, Royal Brian Ford. That's the place to go if you're looking for a new ride service, repairs, even if it's just an oil change. Go to Royal Brian Ford. They've been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. If you don't feel like taking the tra- the right track to Nine Mile and Mac, as they say, go to royobrian.com. You can click out Fast Track. It shows you everything on there. Ford actually just contacted me. I haven't explored. They want my Explorer back a year and a half early because they don't have enough cars. So if you have a lease or you're thinking about, hey, might be a good opportunity to get into a, another lease or a different car, just call uh, call your dealer. Call Royal Brian Ford. Once again, R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com or call 888-566-5851 and let them know ML Solo Detroit sent you there. You handled that beautifully. I mean, I have to say. Thank you. I mean, you know, like well, I didn't pro. take 20 minutes to do it like some people do. <laughs> this is great. He's not here, and we can pound lumps on him, and he can't respond. He can't inter- interrupt us. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? I have a feeling next week's show might just be a response to this week's show. So I won't be here next week. That's what he does. <laughs> you remember when he got in that dust-up with LaDuff? They went back and forth on their podcast for a little while. They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah what happened there? I don't, I don't remember that. I was sick that day, so I wasn't here. What would you tell him? I can't him, Jim? remember what happened. I don't. I don't remember either. You let me ask, let me yes, ask, you do. No, no, I don't. So you infamously won a Pulitzer with him, worked with him, the, the Kilpatrick story. Yeah, um, I'm sure there were plenty of dust ups because we all have dust ups oh. when we work that close with people. Yes. Do you care to share any dust ups? Uh, do I want me to keep? You know, deadline dust-ups? turns people into monsters, and uh, we had a few fights on deadline. There's no doubt. Um, the biggest thing, we almost made a huge mistake one time in a story. And one of the things that he and I have always prided ourselves on, and God, I'm sure you've heard him say it a thousand times on the show, is we never really made any serious mistakes in anything that we reported. Um, but one night, we caught one, like, right before deadline. It might even been, like, five minutes after deadline. And uh, we had to make a call because our editor was gone. And so we just went in and fixed it without telling anybody. It was kind of scary, but uh, heavy tension, lots of uh, f bombs and other. Uh, not not. Was, was uh, were not you pointing the fingers at yeah. each other at that point? No, though? it wasn't anybody in particular's fault. But we used to go over these stories line by line, right? And it was just such a disappointment that we had missed this thing that we caught at the last second. But fortunately, we were able to get it fixed. Now we have typos and stories all the time. I. Know. I I know. I read back uh, every time I write, actually, and I, I see stuff I didn't catch, and sometimes editors don't catch. As much as editors save you, and they do, God, where would, be, where would we be without them? It's still amazing. Yeah, it's just a different well, era. Yeah, and I think people think we don't care about that, but we really do try not to do that. I, mean, I right. work extra hours trying to make sure our stuff is clean, and so do lots of other people. But we, it, to, for such for, a small staff now. For our listener, it's um, – listener, excuse me. Mark, it's we used to <laughs> we used to have layers of folks yeah. that were yeah. that were meant to catch all this, not just typos, but okay, is this clear enough? Does this make sense? Is this even fair? Right? I mean, we had a, a the longtime copy desk chief, mm-hmm. Alex Scruton, just a really legend. smart, yeah, legendary fella. Hired me, 
Exactly. And he, what he had, that's not what made total him genius. <laughs> he had a whole team of copy editors and then we had multiple layers of section editors and, and it, we just don't have all that anymore. And, um, and so therefore there are more mistakes in the paper. Yeah, to be clear, there's a couple heroes who, uh, concentrate on the really important stories every day who <clears throat> do work their butts off to make sure our copy's clean and, and accurate and fair. So, so it's because of cost cutting measures, right? Yeah. I mean, it's happening everywhere. Um, the media around the world has has been faced with uh, serious loss of profit and uh, trying to figure out how to make money on the internet has always been a real challenge. That's why we went with a uh, subscription model recently. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love um, that, but that's why we're charging finally for some of our stories. And I get in arguments with people about that because they think it should be free, but I'm like, yeah. it, it wasn't free when it was in the newsstand. You still had to you know, put a quarter right. and a dime in there to pay something. Yeah, for but it. they're used to it online and it's our own fault. I mean, 1995, I think it was, we started giving stuff away for free on the internet. Well, once you do that. Yeah. It's over. It's I mean, like, uh, and then you do that for twenty plus years. Yeah. People, people develop habits, or expectations. Exactly. Well, some of the people who are reading don't know we used to charge for that stuff, which is amazing. We do because they're as kids. Today. They're not old enough to know, right? But that's kids. interesting because then now the argument is always, well, why is that behind a paywall in yeah. that story? Why is this story not behind a paywall? And how how is that even decided? Well, is that your job? Good question. Well, we have debates every day. There's it's it's a whole team of people's jobs and it's it's uncomfortable for some of our readers because they don't like paying the money, but then I have to tell you as soon as we started doing it, we had thousands and thousands of people who jumped in and said, "Finally, I want to support you guys. We are, you know, able to buy a subscription and give you guys some money for the work that you're doing." So, we have debates every day and there's a lot of metrics that go into it, like what people are willing to pay for. We have all kinds of uh, tools that measure digital traffic and how long people are reading stories, what kinds of stories they will pay for. And that's what we shoot for. And really to boil it down, we try to put our best stuff behind the paywall. But you don't, but you don't always know, right? It's still, there's an art to it. There's, yes, there's a, there's, absolutely. Nothing. And at this right. stage, there's still a lot of guessing, right? Yeah, and, and Why is a, somebody going to click on this and, right. and not that? I had a debate with a reporter two days ago um, about a story that she did. Jamie LaRue, one of uh, our finest reporters, covers uh, GM. She had gone off her beat a little bit and done a story about Malibu's being broken into in the suburbs and in the city, and people are stealing steering wheels. Uh, why Malibu's? Because they're easier to get the steering wheel off of. Oh, okay. So, um, but no criminal should pay attention to what I just said. <laughs> um, apparently, they are targets, and dozens of them have been, uh, you know, picked on, for lack of a better term, in recent weeks and months. And so, Jamie did a story about this, and she didn't want to pay wallet. And I said, eh, I think my, people might actually pay for this. And, and it was a success. You know, it drew a number of subscribers yesterday. And she didn't want to pay all up. Let's explain that a little bit. Yeah. Probably because she thought it had a chance to go beyond the, the Michigan region and go viral a little bit nationally. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's always the choice between do we want a story to get page views, which is one revenue stream, or do we want to get subscribers who are mainly local people? Oh. And you know, there's always a debate um, about public service stories, too. And this was sort of a public service story. The police were seeking information. But it wasn't a life-and-death situation. Um, the, pay, the, 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 bear, or the, the ceiling has to be pretty high on when we don't paywall something. So what, so what you're trying to say is that if it's a public service story, 
it needs to be free, right? Yes, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like all the coronavirus stories. Yes, for sure. We didn't charge for any of that stuff. And yeah, papers around the country lifted their paywalls. For I, those I feel like uh, a lot of sports stories get put behind paywalls. because Yeah, if, if some of want, Sean's columns, you know, people will well, pay to read Sean Windsor, right? <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> what, what do you mean? You may have reached your peak. Well, I'm actually on vacation this week, except uh, Mike asked me because he's on vacation to come in. And his vacation was a lot more important. <laughs> He said, no, can you you please come in and do this? Sure. So, no, I'm on vacation, and I feel like the last few weeks I've been limping to the sort of the finish line to get get to the break. Do you guys ever have that experience where you've worked month after month after month, you know, almost a whole year? Uh, Yeah. And you're just dragging at the end, but you want to do your job. You still need to be a professional. Well, but you can't think you, straight at some point. This is when right? you normally deserve a break, right? Because the fall is. Well, I don't know if crazy. I ever deserve a break, but uh, <laughs> but the fall is going to get crazy, right? Football. Yeah, for bad. sure. No, we ramp up in the summer and what and college pros. And, and I'll just say this: I don't want to go too far down this this sort of subscription model rabbit hole. But for me, and for us in sports, and for me in particular as a columnist, normally this time of the year, I like to write about. I, I can pick off uh, national stories mm-hmm. and maybe localize them, or, or if something happens in the NFL or an issue in a, in a league that doesn't really have anything to do with a particular team here, and I can write about it in the past, knowing that when it's going to be free, uh, I had a chance to get to read pretty well and get shared around the country. Well, now with the sub model, yeah. uh, I can't do that as much right. because somebody in Kansas City, say, if I'm writing about an issue that uh, they might be interested in, if it's behind a paywall at the Detroit Free Press, they're not going to they're not going to buy a subscription to the Free Press. Some do. So it's really. Occasionally, especially if it's part of the Michigan diaspora, so cheap. but so it, cheap. but yeah, so that's been a real challenge to figure out what to write about when it slows down, at least in sports. Yeah, I can this time that. this time of the year. Well, one of the things that was behind the paywall recently that really upset people, and and I guess maybe the coverage of this story has upset a certain group of people because they don't feel there's been enough coverage in their mind. Has been what's been happening at the University of Michigan with Dr. Anderson. And then I think when Matt Schembechler came out about Bo, I think that story was behind a paywall, and that really upset people. They felt like that just that should be front and center and free for everybody to read. Well, it was front and center. It just wasn't free, right? And I think I think most of that coverage has been behind a paywall. Although, in f- I want to say one of Mitch Album's first columns a couple of weeks ago, I think was free. And then Jeff Seidel, another columnist in the sports department, and I both wrote off that press conference a couple of weeks ago that included Matt Schembechler. Mm-hmm. And I think ours were behind a paywall. And then they linked him into Mitch's, hoping Mitch would you know, take off nationally. And so there's, there's strategies to that, too, in terms of uh, trying to be fair. So I think it was kind of mixed. I don't think we did paywall the main stories. We paywalled the opinion columnists. I mean, except uh, for I think Mitch was free the first time, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, yeah. maybe he was, but yeah. the main stories I'm looking at on my phone right now are not behind the paywall. So David Jesse stories. There was a suicidal column was pay, paywall. Yeah, something you wrote, something Mitch wrote, but yeah. the main stories have been free. So the news stories when we say yeah. the main stories, yeah, that's what I mean. So sorry, Mark. There has been a feeling. Um, I know Valenti's talked about it. Drew's kind of talked about it that there's been this you know blue wall of protection with the University of Michigan, and it never really got enough coverage um, until Bo was really front and center because of what Matt said. Why do you feel that story took a while to catch on? Or, I mean, when the Dr. Anderson stories were out there, I mean, we had talked about it, Sean. It didn't get that many, I think you said it didn't get that many clicks. It didn't. I, I was, uh, I hate to say this because I'll sound like Mike, 
But I was one of the first to write. Oh, God, I hate to even say that. But no, I'm just, look. but Larry, but Larry Nasser, what happened at Michigan State? Well, no, last year, when, last year, actually, the the fellow who's and his name escapes me, the the gentleman who was a student broadcaster, yeah, who came out and said he told Bo, uh, and I'm sorry for getting his name right now, but a year ago he was he said that anonymously, and he was the first one to link Bo to it, maybe a little more than a year ago, and my editor called me up and said, hey, there's going to be a press conference, and so I wrote the column. And and it didn't yeah it didn't do much at all it, it, it angered some people who were worried about Bo's legacy but overall it didn't do that much and we, and we were just sort of surprised and every time I wrote about it and even David Jesse who wrote a lot about this as our education writer it just didn't gain any traction until recently and even then I would argue it still hasn't made the leap and I wrote this in a column from ESPN to CNN it just hasn't not like Penn Penn State or Michigan State and I. I have my ideas why, but I'm curious what what y'all think. Well, I I think it hasn't made that leap because I don't I don't know if it's because of what's going on now and there's focus on other things. Although coronavirus is kind of done, I think that helped bury it early. Um, Penn State was the first big one involved little kids. It's just I I think people see athletes and they think well they sh- they're athletes they should just punch them in the stomach and get out of there. It's it's weird to kind of put these on different levels of what's worse, but I do find it interesting. Yeah, why hasn't that made the leap to say NBC Nightly News and what's going on? Because there's more victims in this one than there is in Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State's wrestling, USC, um, and I think UC, UCLA had one too. And it's you know I, there's a lot of people around here that will look at that and think, well, because it's Michigan and um, the free press and the news, they're trying to protect the university, which. I think it would there would be nothing better for the free press and the news to have a bad story about the University of Michigan. Well, I mean, people want to hate read about it. To be clear, the Detroit News broke the Robert Anderson yeah, story. They did. I mean, they, Kim they deserve credit for that. Kim Kozlowski did a great job on it. And frankly, David Jesse, our reporter, was one of the first, if not the first, to make the link to Schimbeckler. He went into the archives. Yes, right. Uh, a long time ago and found that Robert Anderson was heavily involved with the football team and flew on some of the flights with Shim Beckler. And while we didn't have a uh, victim or survivor or whatever uh, you'd like to call them, we were the one of the first to say, hey, there is um, reason to believe that Bo knew about this. So I think we've done the stories, frankly. Um, why they haven't caught on in your view, as much as uh, the Paterno thing or, uh, you know, Larry Nassar. Ohio State really hasn't caught on either. So no. that involved the wrestling program. I actually know one of the main victims in that case. I grew up with the family. And so that one really struck home for me. Well, but you're, you're an Ohio State grad, too, for people that yes, don't know that. Yes, I am a proud grad. But uh, I like uh, my University of Michigan team to be good. Uh, not what they are right now. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll improve. But anyway, those are subjects that are of lesser importance than what we're discussing right now. But um, well, people love being angry at the media. Yeah. Um, what What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about um, you know, especially print journalism? Because that was always held to a higher standard. And then you know, you see, particularly with the New York Times, that is just now a partisan paper. The Post is a partisan paper which I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. I disagree, you frankly. You don't, you don't think they're partisan? Uh, I'm just saying I don't. The, 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 the editorial pages. The, 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 oh, of course. Editorial pages are supposed to be partisan. But that's what uh, – see, what, what the internet has brought us is a big mashup of all the stories. 
So people don't understand, and it's our own fault, that there is an editorial page where opinion is, and then there's news pages where the news stories are. They used to be very distinct in the print product, right? It's they also happened. It's also happened with cable. Yeah, news. totally. Cable Pun- news has reports. really yeah. dragged down the reputation of journalism in in general, right? Um, so we're not faultless. Um, we have our problems, but I do believe that every story that we work on, uh, no matter what anybody says, are done in the most professional way we can. Are we ha- the the free press? There is no questioning is the liberal newspaper in town, and that's because the Detroit News is the conservative newspaper in yeah. town. The editorial pages, it's only, and in some I, of the subjects that we pick, growing you might up see here, a progressive thing, but we cover those stories fairly. That's right? interesting that you said that because growing up here, it was always known free press is the left, oh yeah, news is the right, and my parents very conservative. They were small business owners. Um, we got the free press storehouse. Yep. I was like, well, why don't, why don't you guys Thank get the you. why don't you guys get the news? <laughs> because it was delivered in the afternoon. Yeah, which you used was to always kind paper. of weird. I don't right. know. Right, that was a big deal back in the day. The, the afternoon newspaper was a was something that would sell. So but then, with the advent of all this other competition, those went bye bye. So, has the churning of the news cycle has that really destroyed, um, or do people not want to read long form? Like I love long form oh, stories, but they're... every story my reporters write is long form. <laughs> I have to people down. actually do. The, our numbers <laughs> tell us that people will sit yeah, down. And, and they write, will if it's good. Our stories and that's have subjective, but gotten longer, Mark, because really? of the internet. Yeah. Um, back when I was a younger reporter, and Sean can probably back this up, editors used to give you a length. Like, I want that story to be, in our parlance, 20 inches, yeah. 25 inches. Now they just write. And I have to grab them and pull them back and say, look, that's too long. you got to slow down a little bit. But in general, our stories um, – despite the public perception, have gotten longer. Well, we have a writer. Um, I shouldn't say we, the free press, right? I can say we, can I? I'm still oh part, of the, sure. I'm still part we, of the free Jesus. press. <laughs> uh, we have a, a feature writer, takeout writer, narrative writer, John Carlisle, who yeah. writes um, really long pieces. He goes up north and, and finds quirky kind of eccentric pieces or just interesting pieces, and, and right. people really read them. And they're, and they're, really, they're really well done. They are. And so, yeah, like to your point, Mark, that's still – that's still a thing. And it's amazing because a lot of people will do it on their phone. Yeah, that's And we never surprising. thought that would be. Right. Remember when we started reading on our phone and editors would say, well, nobody's going to read anything for longer than right. 60 seconds. Well, there's too many distractions on there. But you still find that people do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, where do you read your long stories? On your laptop or on your phone or on iPad? Um, pr- pr- pretty much on my laptop. But, I'll pr- you know, I'm weird. I'm old school. I'll print them out. Yeah. Because I have to make yeah. notes for the for the job. Oh, okay. Right. So, oh, so you're reading for the job. You're not reading for pleasure. But you know, it's funny. I, uh, well, <laughs> oh boy, that was a trap. Um, I guess if I'm reading for pleasure, yeah, it's probably on the toilet on my phone. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll no, be honest. People I mean, still do is. that. Yeah, 100%. No, I, yeah. I mean, I don't go to the bathroom anymore without taking the phone in there. But, but for the, that reason. The switch. Remind me not to pick up your phone. <laughs> Good. I don't well, want, it's not like I don't I'm want using what... the phone to wipe my ass. <laughs> you don't want to see what's on Sean's phone anyway. Yeah, it's like, remember George Car- Carlin's old line about people would fuss. He said people would get mad at him because he didn't wash his hands after he used the restroom. He said, the minute I start using my hand to wipe my ass, then I'll start washing it. I use toilet paper. Thank you. That's still gross, man. How is it gross? Germs leap. 
They have wings. Oh, they go from your anus down below all the way up to your phone, right. holding up in the air. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and on your toothbrush, too. Isn't oh, yeah. The they, they might, oh, I'm sure they jump out the door, around the corner, down the stairs, into your kitchen. Yeah, too. they're everywhere. Oh, Hasn't coronavirus taught you that? Come they're on, dude. Um, <laughs> the switch from print to... Here's my biggest complaint. Print to online now in the papers, and it's just it just happens this way. I always like getting the newspaper because the agenda was set, right? Yeah. You editors, you all powerful editors would set the agenda that this is this main story. This is what people mm-hmm. want to read. My problem with online is the um, kind of finding a story that maybe I, my algorithm wouldn't pull up for me. It, it's really hard to find those stories now. So yeah, it can be. I get a lot of sports stories. I get automotive stories. And I feel like everything else I kind of have to hunt for. Yeah. For certain things. I, I share that frustration, frankly. Um, and I still look at the print product the next day because it helps me realize what was important yesterday <laughs> that oh, I might huh. not have seen. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're sometimes totally different than what's on our website because the website is minute by minute. Here's what's important or here's what people are reading. Here's what people are interested in. Well, go well, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, I'm done. Okay. I, I would take that a step further and say that, that it's not just Yes, your point is a very, very good one, Mark. Thank you. But social media, uh, Twitter does this to some degree. Facebook absolutely does this. The, the algorithms are, right? You probably get links to Michigan football. So they are figuring out what you'd click on and then reinforcing that. And that could be not just sports, but politics. And I think that that has not helped our society one bit. I expect it from Twitter and from Facebook. Ah, cool. I don't expect it from... And maybe it's maybe because I'm I'm older now. I don't expect it from traditional media with with journalists that are putting out that product. But they do, right? I mean, if you go to the Washington Post and you're you're you subscribe, okay. For example, I subscribe to the L.A. Times because it's a really good paper, and I like to keep up with. They send me stuff of their headlines, what they think is important, but they also send me stuff based on what I've clicked on their site. So they're doing that to some degree too. I don't know if the free press has that kind of algorithm yet. But uh, some of the bigger national papers are doing, it's a little bit like what Facebook does. Yeah. Well, we used to have a uh, what people are reading column on the website. I don't think we have that anymore. It's uh, basically what's freshest. But we do make um, manual choices about what to put out there. There are spots that we can manipulate and you know pull things down and put things up. Um, depending on what we think is going to resonate see, with readers. See, now you're a newspaper editor that just said the word manipulate. Yeah. And that will be taken the wrong way. Well, I don't mean it in the wrong way. <laughs> I just mean how do you move fi- stuff around. How do you fight that, though? <clears throat> I mean, people... What, the perception? People hate journalists in the media right now. Yeah, especially if, in the last few years. The rhetoric has been really ratcheted up, right? I mean, fake news wasn't even a term yeah. 10 years ago. and now Wasn't a term five years yeah, ago. Yeah, you're right. And, and is, now, that a th- is that a thing you guys think about all the time? Yeah, uh, I think so. I do. I think about it a lot. I hear it from friends and, and family members. Um, but I think that in the long run, we're going to survive. I think we're going to be the ones who are believable. Right now, I think we've been in a a very uh, caustic, unproductive discussion as a country in the last you know, four or five years, as Sean pointed out. Um, but I think people are yearning for what they can believe. And when they find out how much effort that we put into individual stories, we are constantly emphasizing it. We're trying to make a bigger deal of showing people behind the curtain how we operate. Hmm. Um, and I think when they realize we're not some dude in his basement with a keyboard and a, a 
can of tab sitting next to him, um, typing out Tabs. opinions. <laughs> we Is that are a fresca. <laughs> How about a fresca? Um, we, uh, I think, in the long run, we're going to the credibility of actually newspapers i'm not talking about uh cable television i don't know what their future is but people are going to get tired of people shouting at each other eventually i think <clears throat> but when you need to find out what's happening i think we are uh, among the most reliable sources out there but that shouting still happens usually in the comment section of, it does of articles i hate the comment section why have them then well, because we uh, other other papers a, uh, have gotten. I can't speak for the for the newspaper in general. I can just tell you what I think, and I think it's because um, newspapers are supposed to generate discussion. Yeah, it's worse if you don't have them. Yeah, also, they're also supposed to generate debate and a way for people to release steam and release their and and you kind of hope in the best of worlds that people will learn something from talking to people they don't agree with. I don't know that that happens, but if they're not talking to anybody at all, I, I would love even to s- worse things can happen. I would right? love to know if you guys could find this metric of what percentage of people that read a story comment on it, because I feel like yeah, it's, it's the, the same. same it's probably people. small, right? I, I think so. It's the same people over and over. You either engage in comments or you ignore. It's them similar with uh, email because our emails are at the bottom of the of the stories, and mm-hmm. so I I get a lot of the same people emailing me. Sometimes you get new people, and, or sometimes you get somebody that, kind of like a listener, excuse me, that calls into a radio show when they see a first-time caller. I get that in email sometimes, too. But mm-hmm. by and large, it is, it is a small group of people. But here's what people should know. We don't sit around and just churn out stories. We really work hard on them, and we sit around. Like our investigations, we have a fact-checking process that would make your head explode. It makes my head explode on a regular basis. We sit in a room. Well, before COVID, now we do it virtually, and we go line by line through the story, and the reporter has to show us documentation or why they know that a certain fact is a fact, line by line. And that can take hours. It's taken days on some occasions. That's how much work we put into things. So you may not like the stories that we do, that we choose to put our resources into, but I think you can bank on that they're believable. And I think think most people do when it comes to stories like that, right? The the problem is the conflation with the editorial, the yes, opinion side, and the news sure. side, and so that's kind of what you're getting it's at. It's our fault. It's not their fault. It, it, it is fault. it is our fault. And then some folks uh, in in public life have exploited that yep. mistake that we made, and then have well, exacerbated it. That's that's with everything going on in the world right now. If there's one mistake, it doesn't mean everything that person or that entity has done is wrong. I mean, you're you know, right. That is that is yeah. The lack of forgiveness is is brutal these days. Um, which, and that reminds me of another complaint. I feel like I'm the complaint department, Jim. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Mitch wrote an article about, you know, Bo and how the focus really should be on Dr. Anderson with this whole Michigan thing. And a lot of people wanted to point out that, hey, you know, when Michigan State happened, he wrote about Izzo. You know, he jumped on that whole one athletic department mm-hmm. is, is bad kind of, you know, take. But I think the big problem in the, his last column about Bo, is it was never disclosed that he wrote a book with Bo. Is, is that, was that an error not to disclose that, do you think, in your it, opinion? It could have been. Um, I think we should be as transparent as we possibly can on that kind of thing. I wasn't part that, of that well, discussion. But, but if Mitch did that, it'd be half his column all this, all this time. I mean, he's yeah. just done a lot of stuff. Yeah. With I mean, people. journalists have conflicts all the time, and the more that we can do to illuminate 
what those are and be upfront about them. I think it, it, that those are the way we should be doing things. Absolutely. Well, but at the same time, you know, while Mitch had that column, Sean Windsor had a uh, a very thoughtful column front from page the, from the victim's uh, point of view. Um, Mitch gets to write about what Mitch wants to write about. That's the deal. And well, doesn't so Sean? Yeah, so does Sean. <laughs> and Sean, you know, we, we like to present an array of different people. I'm not the sports editor, so I don't want to speak for, uh, for the paper here. I'm just giving you my thoughts. But um, columnists are supposed to be controversial. They're supposed to say things that make you think. You don't have to agree with them, but they get to write what they want to write about, absent profanity or, yeah. or something that's totally offensive. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought he probably should have mentioned his book. I do mm-hmm. think that was a um, huge error. I do think that was an error. And so he, he's written two columns. And the first one, I thought he was going to mention his book. But what he did instead was write that he liked Bo. Like he knew, he. I don't remember how he wrote it exactly. But the idea was that I've known him for a long time and I've been very fond of him. So I thought that was his way of saying I've had a relationship, right? And I want to disclose that. A relationship is different, though, than a financial relationship. No, for sure. And by contrast, Mike Rosenberg, um, who writes for Sports Illustrated, used to write for the Detroit Free Press, mm-hmm. wrote a book about Bo and Woody. Yeah, the war, uh, war as they knew Ten it. Ten-year war. Yeah. It, it's a gra- that is a great, oh, yeah, great book. Great. When he was uh, actually with the Free Press, and he mentioned his book and his his column, he felt like he had to do that. But, look, I, I understand it's, 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 it's a tough spot for Mitch. And um, I think maybe he felt like that first column when he said, I'm fond of him, I've had a long-time relationship with him, that was enough. And maybe he also thinks people know knows know he wrote the book, right? So maybe there's that. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to understand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, should we try calling the guy that never makes a mistake? To see what or is, an excuse. What is so? Uh, or no, no, he makes excuses all the time. Sorry. I think I saw ML, is who we're talking about. I think I saw him make a comment on uh, the Facebook, by the way. We still we need to get to the bottom of this long time relationship too with with Jim and Mike and how that happened. This is ML. Oh man, straight to voicemail. Leave your name. That sounds and like your he number. did that intentionally. You want to leave? You want to leave the message? At the tone, please record. Should we all call him? When you finish yeah. recording, you may hang up or press call one for more options. So it's a little odd that you're making comments on the Facebook page, watching or listening, or who knows what you're doing, um, and yet you're not going to answer your phone. And by the way, where are you, and why are you not here, and why is your vacation more important than mine? I hope you're having fun. Oh, oh I believe he's calling back right now. Let's oh, here see. we Can go. I even figure this out? How to do this? Oh, look at this technology. Oh, boy. Yeah, answering a phone. Well, you are just the producer. Hello? Hey, sorry, I didn't recognize the number. <laughs> oh, you, what are you doing? You're acting like a politician. You're on the air, by the way. What are you doing? I don't want to fall into one of your media traps. I shouldn't be put on the air without proper notice and some sort of waiver. Are you running? Jog- it sounds like he's jogging. Are you jogging? Are you carrying a canoe to the trying to slip a boat in the water? This is your podcast. Complain to you. I, I'm with you, Mark, and with Drew. The media sucks. It's time for us to have them all. We want to see them scourged like they scourged Jesus. Where, where are you? So you are you were listening or following along on Facebook. Where are you? I'm, I'm going for a run on West Berkeley Road in my Shasta Fox t-shirt. By the way, Shasta Fox will be at the traffic jam on June 30th for ML for Detroit. Oh, Ranger God, that didn't take long. That took about 25 <laughs> seconds. By the way, there's been no mention of Kilpatrick until right now. I'm just throwing that out there. Up, pimp. You know what I mean? 
Can you stop for two seconds and not, and, or is running that important? Hello? Some of us do more than run for milk duds. <laughs> run for milk duds. No, I walk for milk duds, brother. Come on. You use one of those mechanized carts they have at the entrance for milk duds. Well, while I'm sucking on an oxygen tank that's carrying on the back. By the way, I, I did let our listeners know that uh, you thought your vacation was uh, more important than mine, and you thought I should be here on my vacation while you're up there running, promoting what Shasta is that? Are you talking about the soft drink? By no, the way, Shasta Fox. It was uh, oh Shasta Fox. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Oh, they were talking about grape soda. Sean, you go on vacation every Tuesday for about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get an edge. It's hard to get a word in when you're here, though, right? So why did you call me? What's that? Well, it was Mark's idea. I'm I like, just, I don't I, want to call that fucking guy. I just wanted to see what, what was so important that you couldn't make the show today. That was it. I just wanted to give you shit. Campaigning from an undisclosed location and taking a break to watch you guys. Thank you for the job security and uh, <laughs> have a little run. All right, fine. We'll let you go on, on your on your little run. But in the meantime, there's some good news for you. Ready? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't hear the good news. Well, I just wanted to make sure you were you were listening. Here's your good news. <laughs> All guests appearing on ML Solo Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Since you always find a way to give yourself the Altus, um, you can just keep it yourself this time. You don't have to make an excuse. Altus is distributed to the most interesting guests on the show. Okay. On that note, goodbye. Uh, yeah. Have a good run, wherever you are. Yeah, thanks for filling it. I'll be back in town tomorrow. And, uh... I'd like to say I miss you guys, but I want to leave it on a positive note. All right, goodbye. Okay. All right, yeah, thank you for that. I do need to tell you that uh, there are a lot of things that started here in Detroit that went away, and one of those is the aforementioned Altus Lager. It's a lager that packs a punch, seriously smooth and delicious. You can go get some cans today. Check altus.beer to find the location nearest to you. They are in Meyer now, too, so pretty cool thing there. So go uh, drink a bunch of Altus, get hammered, get drunk. You, you you're a fan of Altus, right, uh, Jimbo? Oh, yeah. I've stolen a couple from Elric. Are you taking a selfie there? <laughs> I am. Oh, that's rather Elrickian. They sell it in my local uh, Five and Dime now. Really? Altus. Dime. Yeah. yeah, it's cool nice, and, nice and light. I like uh, making Crisp. ancient references. Refreshing, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. So what should we look for uh, in the paper? Is there anything? Uh... Oh, it's all secret, Mark. It's, all secret. it's excellent stuff. Uh by the way, that subscription is one dollar for three months. I I, I can't believe anyone could uh, complain about that, but I guess they're used to paying. Yeah, nothing, I, so. you you know, I think that's been the, kind of the whole thing. People just like to complain <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> they fit do. whatever they, do. they want, they which do. which I understand. It's just yeah. Speaking lines. of complainers, though, can you can you talk a little bit more before you go? Or sure, I, we we really don't want you to go. You stay for the music and so forth. Oh, I'd like to. Yeah, thank you. The uh, <laughs> Talk a little bit I'd more like about. See somebody uh, pick something a little more mainstream. <laughs> well, or something that's it's not mainstream, or something that people like. How about that? Can't wait. Yeah. Gotta hear it. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Anyway, I, your relationship with Mikey. Yeah, you've known him a long time. How did that? How did that partnership come up that led to the? Mark said infamous Pulitzer. I thought it was more of a, a famous Pulitzer, but uh, yes, infamous has right, a negative fine. connotation. It does, but that's okay. Mark hates the media. <laughs> um, how did we meet? Well, we used to drink together. 
That's it. So a Pulitzer was born out of uh, a yeah. cocktail over cocktails. I was a uh, a fairly young reporter at the at the Free Press in my uh, mid to late twenties, and he was a uh, intern up in Features. You should have seen his hair back then. If you think it's ridiculous now, flock of I seagulls. Mean, my goodness. Got any pictures, Mark? Put them uh, up on the somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where. that'd be great. Because um, he always sends them to me. Yeah, <laughs> flock of seagulls comes to mind. But um, I'm not one to talk. You know, we used to. I was on the night shift covering the police and fires in the city, and uh, I don't know why Elric was always hanging around late at night because he he supposedly worked a day shift. But we would all go to the anchor after work, and uh, it was a whole crew of us. Um, we played pinball and did stupid things like uh, play pinball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we just sort of hit it off. You know, I liked his um, his anti-authority stance. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always, there isn't an, an authority figure that Mike won't bristle over in his life. And that makes a good reporter mm-hmm. many times. And then, uh, he left and I stayed at the free press and he came back a few years later. And, and then, so how did you end up together on this story? How did, how did that happen? On, on which story? On the, Kilpatrick. on the, on the Kilpatrick story, the Pulitzer story. I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, the famous yeah, story. the, uh, well, he was the beat writer. He was covering the mayor of Detroit, and I was a projects writer. And we were still friends. What is a projects writer? Somebody who doesn't write every day. <laughs> we sit back you write and the long form we stuff muse over about. our stories. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the long form stuff. Investigative stuff, mainly. Um, but uh, he had this great tip that other reporters were chasing in the city that uh, Kwame Kilpatrick, uh, who had just been elected that year, had had a huge party at the Manoogian Mansion. And he told his editor, who brought me into the room, and said, hey, why don't you two go look at this and see if you can prove it? Um, so we spent three weeks knocking on doors, calling people. I had a lot of police and fire sources. He had the city hall type sources. And we couldn't prove it. And we came back to our editor and said, we got nothing. And he said, well, you guys have been doing this for three weeks. We don't give that kind of time to just anybody. What can you write? And he said, well, we said, well, we got the story. Um, you know, the mayor seems to have a lot of security guards and they're police officers, full-time police officers. If I recall, he had like 23 or 24 full-time, oh round-the-clock police <laughs> officers based in the Manoogian Mansion. And uh, so the, the – what, what do you mean by based? Well, they had an office in there. They, they, they so it was like the Secret a Service in the White House. Office inside the so Manoogian. they're always with them, too. Okay. Yes, yes, everywhere he went, except when he was ditching them. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's the thing. There's too many yeah. branches. But, uh, to yeah, it's tough to keep focused on this thing. But anyway, we investigated. So we, we wrote the story about the mayor had more security police officers in a city where you can't really get a cop if you call 911. Um, and... We let people talk about whether they thought that was a good idea or not and compared them to other mayors around the country. And nobody, including Chicago and places like Philadelphia and L.A., had more than one or two police officers. And here Kilpatrick had a couple dozen. So that that was the first story? I think so. Kilpatrick well, we story? collaborated on a Bobby Ferguson story earlier that year, but that was before the rumors came out did about you, the Manoogian. Did Nation you guys get party. much pushback from uh, the mayoral office over that? No, they tended to ignore us. Okay frankly. Um, and you were talking about, uh, I'm glad you asked me that because let's go back to the bow thing real quick. The first six years that Elric and I wrote Kilpatrick stories, we were floored by the lack of impact that those stories had. Mm -hmm. We would work on them and we'd come up with these great stories like the mayor's spending city money hand over fist, uh, when he travels out of town, he's, uh, taking private trips to the Bahamas. He's, 
got the Navigator. We did those stories with uh, some TV folks, Steve yep, Wilson see. in particular. Yep. And um, those stories never really went anywhere. Sometimes the mayor would write a check and repay the city for some funds, but that was about it. But what we didn't know is in the background of all that, the FBI was looking at all this stuff that we were writing. And it took them 10 or 11 years, but eventually they indicted him on a lot of the things that we had written about. So oh, wow. impact is hard to determine sometimes. Sometimes there's a delayed impact. And that was the case with the Kilpatrick stuff. The opposite of that is when we did the text message story. Um, yeah. We were ready for there to be no impact, but it was like, you know, a bomb going off in the city. Although I remember seeing Mike, Mike at a, was it a retirement party or some kind of free press party? Right before that came out, I hadn't seen him in a bit because y'all had been holed up working on that story. And the way he was talking about it, he said, we got something. We got something big. So he had an idea. Yeah. Wait, let me uh, say we. Who who gets credit for uh, getting the text message? (laughs) Let's not get in. Well, I have. No, no, no. No, let me just say this. There's a reason... There's a reason Jim's shoulders are broad, his calves <laughs> are wide and, and strong, because, you know, no, look, he's had that weight on his, right? He's been carrying that boy for a long time. No, it doesn't no. matter. It was a group we were, effort. I was just curious. We were a great partnership. He got some stories, and I got some stories, okay. and that's how it worked. I mean, it was just somehow we clicked. And he, I, I feel like uh, ML is always um, the whole party at the Manoogian Mansion. Yeah. The one that turned out not to be true that right. seems to live on yep um obviously you agree with that are there any other like rumors i do that, agree with that are there any other rumors that went on that you guys just couldn't hunt down well i mean the mayor was uh uh you know linked to the strawberry oh that's uh, right killing yeah. in 2003 yeah um nobody ever with any credibility linked him to that and it's much more likely that uh, she died at the hands of uh some uh someone involved in the drug trade um, even seasoned homicide investigators believe that they were just never able to charge anybody. But um, yeah, we couldn't That's prove the it. Big one. And we couldn't prove the Manoogian Mar- Mansion party happened. It's possible there were some smaller things that went on with the party um, because I think you know he had uh, parties. In yeah, Manoogians. yeah. I mean, but I, was the there a party where a stripper showed up and got, got beat cold up, cocked yeah. by the first lady? I you know I don't believe it. Now the Nobody recent with Kil- any credibility has ever proven it. The recent uh, Kwame Kilpatrick stories are those still getting a ton of hits? Yeah, he's still a big, interesting person. I'm not surprised by that. Are you surprised? Here. No, no. He's been. People have wanted to read about him, supporters and detractors, from day one. He was such a, a polarizing yet charismatic figure. You know, now, what what with a, with a huge future that he just squandered. Are there other local um, people that? really bring in the eyeballs the clicks like do stories on dan gilbert and that's Quicken? a good question do, do those no, like illich kilpatrick appeals to such a wide swath of people right i yeah. mean uh, like i said supporters and detractors well it was the promise that he, yeah. that he had and, it was a, and, and that's what made it, it. classic romance tale and exactly I don't, mean, and I don't mean in terms of love no I mean, it's but a, no but it is love right it's a, a love for somebody that is well, yeah, maybe going to do that kind of love do something for a region. And well, when you add sex to it, come on. I mean, that's well. That yeah, that that too. No doubt. No, no question. But Gilbert. So the the answer your question about Illich, some of that does track. Yeah. If it's like, for example, they built Little Caesars Arena. They use public money. They promised the the you know sort of a community of buildings around that, a neighborhood sure. and all that. And that has not really happened. It's maybe starting to happen a little bit. People will read about that because they're yeah. frustrated and they're angry, so they'll read about that. People like to read about conflict. Yeah, so it needs to be, but it generally needs to be specific to 
a story or an issue. Um, you don't get too many people, I don't think, like Kilpatrick, where people would just read if it's about one particular person. Jim Harbaugh is a little bit like that yeah, in sports. Yeah, Harbaugh may be a oh, good really? comparison. Yeah, he's a little bit like that in sports. He's People will still read, but even that has its has its limits. Well, we've talked before, Sean, about how city council used to be such a circus that I, I felt like those stories always got you know eyeballs on them. But I don't know if that's really the case anymore. Because it's not as much of a circus as it used to. Well, be. we haven't had anybody try years. to sell or try to accept uh, seventeen pounds of sausage. <laughs> I mean, that was always uh, that was the one I, I can't ever forget. Oh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right, yeah, Mark? Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you heard, Jim. You probably didn't. You don't listen to the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I check in. But it's nice of you to show up today. But it's um, yeah, the Gabe Leland and why that hasn't really caught on. Mike expressed a little dismay, or maybe not, or even surprise, maybe a little frustration, but. What, what what's your thought on people on are some- funny i mean it's hard to tell what will click with readers sometimes it just is but there's many things involved that we don't know about i mean uh are people motivated because they want to uh see bad things happen to people i don't know maybe sometimes they are um are people motivated because because their own motivations aren't pure you know i think we get a lot of readers on Kilpatrick stuff who are racist. Absolutely. Frankly. And they want they like the downfall. Absolutely. Absolutely. They like to point it point at him and say, see, that's what happens. And that is totally unfair and uncalled for. But admittedly, those are some of our readers. What uh, about um, Governor Whitmer's stories? Do those get a lot of uh I think they traction? did during the pandemic because she was getting so much grief for her restrictions and the positions that she had taken. We have a Whitmer story leading our website right now. Yeah. Um, she's lifting the COVID restrictions today. So, yeah. We cover uh, a lot of the things that she does, and and primarily because of the pandemic, right? In the last the, year, the trip to Florida and all that. That trip to Florida, I would that, think that did huge. well. Those stories did well. Yeah, absolutely. Because people are, yeah, they were outraged Scandals. and rightfully so. Yeah. Scandals get attention. Scandal does definitely draw readership. Especially when you have a split sort of readership, and you you know you have one side reading thinking, "Oh you my know god, what? what are you doing?" and the other side thinking, "See, this is who you people are." I don't apologize for those scandalous stories. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Nor should you. We're supposed to be watched. I want, I want more of officials, them. and uh, yeah, we should do more of it. See, that's the problem. I want more of them. I know. Is it a resource thing where you yes. do, you don't have people <laughs> able to dig up? It's and tough, man. It's things. hard. Well, how do we? How do you so fi- fix it? How do you fix that, man? <laughs> Get people buy to quit bitching about the subscription <laughs> yeah. model and buy some freaking and, subscriptions. Yeah. We need to make money so we can finance journalism. That's you know, there's been a big movement, thankfully, in the last year or so to support local journalism, and that's one way to do it. Get a subscription. So there's been I've seen you know where uh, they have artificial intelligence can write you know yes. li- minor stories. Yeah, which, we're dabbling in that. Are you? Yeah. Now, does it, is that going to be a thing? And now my, my natural thought is, well, that's that's one job that's going away. That's going to be given to a robot, a computer. Well, we're or thinking, will that free somebody up to do some of these investigative reports? Right. Um, that's the hope, right? So that that's uh, not, we don't have to have a body. Uh, maybe I'm we, cynical. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Well, I mean, that's you know scary. what? Newspapers can be run on a lot uh, slimmer budget than we have right now. Right now, we have invested in the free press. We just added eight pages of content to the Sunday newspaper like two weeks ago. Beefed up the business section, the A section. We didn't need to beef up sports because it's already one of the biggest sports sections in the country. Right, Sean? It is, Um, I I think. 
but not because of they're me. they're actually investing in the. No product one thought it was now, because of you. Which <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all Mitch and Dave Burkett. And After years and years of cuts, we're actually investing in the product now, and that's really good to well, see. That's great. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, the it's way to get game. more local journalism is to support it. Frankly, speaking of investing, I, wow, you took the segue right out of my mouth. Sorry, Overreactions sorry. not the best strategy for if you want to be a long term investor. You can't bury your head in the sand either. Call our buddy Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248 663 4748. He's going to give you rational financial advice, long term, even longer term, even longer than longer term 401k for retirement. Set yourself up. Uh, if you have a kid, you want the 529 stocks, bonds. All of it, it's too much for me to handle. It's too much for you to handle. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Let's see if I can do the disclaimer without messing it up. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, and services referenced here, independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? So Geek of the Week time. Did you prepare one, Sean, or is this just me? My no, no, I, I was gone up, but then you texted me yesterday and said you were going to do Geek of the Week. I was hoping we wouldn't do one. Why? Because it's fascist, man. It's uh, it's like It's like a court. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a one-man... I'm going to say how the world is. I'm going to say you're good, you're bad, you you know, all of that. I just, you know, I was hoping we could uh, you take a break from that. You'll agree with me on this one. Okay. I'm just setting it up that way. Okay. So and Mike did tell me if I did do Geek of the Week, I couldn't make it me. <laughs> and I'm with him on there. Because, yeah. Jim, I often make myself the Geek of the Week, and deservedly yeah, yeah. so. Well, this is a public entity. It's the Randolph Township School Board, or Board of Education in Randolph, New Jersey. This... Uh, School district decided that we're going to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, right? Whatever. They got attacked. It's New Jersey. A lot of Italians there. They love Christopher Columbus. So then the board decided, well, you know what we're going to do? Uh, We're going to take every single holiday off the calendar, and we're just going to write, day off! And guess what that did? That got even more people pissed because just come on out and own it. Whatever you want the day off to be. Just put it on the calendar. We're all adults here. There's going to be a lot of people that complain about things. And just put it out there. You're a school board. Do it. You're not going to be able to please everybody all the time. Um, so after all that, they got even more backlash. Guess what they're doing? They're putting the holidays back on the calendar. And including Columbus Day is back on the calendar. So in the end, they did a bunch of changes for no purpose other than to get yelled at for a few days by their constituents in the this is in new jersey this is in new jersey remember the sopranos episode where they uh yes were you thinking about that zooms and i were talking about that earlier huh yeah where they were protesting columbus day and uh this uh, the the italian americans were you know saying come on what are you doing and zooms also pointed out that everything is a trap nowadays (laughs) no matter what they do people are going to get pissed so you need to just do what you think is the best thing and the right thing and move forward and that's why i'm putting them there that's a good geek of the week, by the way. Thank you. A little less, uh, you know. Well, I got to be careful what we're what we're saying with the, with the, with our guy here. You know, his yeah. What do you mean? Well, I don't want to use certain words because they could get cut up and clipped and used against him. Oh, and, you know what I mean. You know who's not a geek of the week? David Him. Hall, oh. our sponsor, Hall Financial. They've been a great supporter of all the shows, frankly, on the Red Shovel Network. Rates are very, very low. You hear the Fed talking. I mean, I know they. Claim they're not going to raise rates till 2023, but you never know. So why don't you call Hall Financial 
find out what kind of rate you can get on a refi. It can save you money every month. There's a link right on our website, or you can call them 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure that uh, you tell them that ML Solo Detroit sent you. It's M N M L S number 1467435. Let's see. Is my volume going to be up again here? Hey, all right. We're in your territory. I now. just, uh, I just can't believe that we get to pick some music that people are going to want to listen to. <laughs> Look, now I've enjoyed the reader, excuse me, the listener suggestions while doing this podcast. But you know, the, the idea, the rule that we can't select anything that was popular in any way that somehow that's uncool that rule oh my god i feel liberated how about you mark oh well yeah because this is this is not my wheelhouse well it's not my wheelhouse either but so, Wait, you know, you're so not gonna go, play wham what's that <laughs> wham is that new wave? i can play wham? i can play wham jim are you a fan of new wave music oh yeah but yeah i am actually but what say it you didn't sell say it. i like i like a little harder edge to my uh, I like all music. kinds of music. I, I would have, I would have liked to have played Diamond in the Back, you know, digging the scene with the gangster lean today. That would have been my, yeah, my jam. But I'm trying to be respectful and keep it for Room Seven Six Zero Nine. At least keep it within the, the new wave. So we'll talk about the song. But here's the Talking Heads with "This Must Be the Place." Oh man, you you had about fifty five seconds to talk this. Well, out it's also called Naive Melody. I think it was uh, it came out in uh, 1983. Great song. Great song. Right? Oh, it's a fabulous song, and it's one of their more sort of melodic less edgy sort of avant-garde songs it's in a lot of ways a, a, a beautiful song to be honest with you so but look, come on 50 more seconds of this <laughs> all right i'll let you go You're okay thank you let's go
Well, there's already one complaint about this song. Oh, you want to read what we got from Elric? Yeah, he's the guy that's complaining. And his complaint is, talking heads, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. I'm glad the feed cut out three exclamation points. I didn't, I didn't know he hated the talking heads song. I didn't either. Let me just. Who could hate the talking heads? I know. Let me just get this Elrickian bit out of the way real quick. Uh, so this was the second single from the, the talking heads fifth album called speaking in tongues. And, uh, it was also known as naive melody. And the reason was because they, they wanted to, he, David Byrne said he wanted to write a love song, but not a corny was the word he used sort of traditional love song. He wanted to kind of just, uh, use a lot of non sequiturs and just something from the heart, which is, you can kind of hear in the lyrics, but they wanted to jam. And, mm-hmm. and so they've, they've named it naive melody because they didn't feel like they were being sort of professional musicians and they wanted a riff and almost jazz like and uh, and that's kind of what they came up with it's it's really a kind of a, a not haunting but it's it's a little melancholy isn't it it's in a, a great, in a way it's a great song and i don't know why he, how he cannot like the talking heads it's anti american because they're interest <laughs> because they're interesting for their music and not for their hair. I, 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 think, I think you're right. Though, <laughs> or their female singer. Yeah. Or, or, Jim, I think you're, you're almost there. I think it's because they're American. <laughs> I know, totally. Right. But that song, it's Pitchfork, and Pitchfork can be a little, you know, um, pretentious. But Pitchfork has it number 22 of the 200 best songs of the 80s. Which is about where it belongs, right? I mean, it is a, that is a great, great song. Talking Heads are members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Four albums in the in the Rolling Stone 500 greatest albums of all time. They're a great band, and and they they're were ground, their, they're different in their own thing. Exactly, they're their own thing, and Mike should, in theory, appreciate that. They, they check all the boxes. Yeah, except they don't have hair coming down there to their nose over their forehead. <laughs> which, look, I used to do that until I got the the goop and started pulling it back. Back when I had hair, of course. Yeah. Sean showed me a couple pictures from the 80s today that were on his phone that blew my mind because it's like I could. I can see Sean in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's it, there's no mistaking that it is Sean Windsor. He's a spitting image of his sons. <laughs> or, or both of them. I think it's just my oldest. Um, yeah. Right? That both of them have a little. Like, if the, you were yeah, just to Sean show me that pic, I would have nailed that it was Sean Windsor. But it, it that, you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's the head of hair. That is totally Jake and Sam. It is. And I'm wearing a T-shirt there. So this was back when I was probably a little bit more pretentious like Mike. And I had a T-shirt on that says moderation. moderation <laughs> as I'm probably blowing smoke out of my mouth there. You can't see that in the photo. Well, back in the days when you had hair, there have been a lot of hair mentions lately. Um, if you want to get back to a normal routine and get a haircut, let Lady Jane's help you look and feel like a king. Go to Lady Jane's. Uh, they have a second store in Brighton now. If you're over on the west side, corner of East Grand River Avenue and Whitmore Lake, there's a Kroger there. It's right there. You can let one of their talented stylists give you an award-winning haircut, invigorating shampoo, hot leather neck shave, hot towel treatment for a great price. Don't procrastinate. Keep your hair looking its best. Get to Lady Jane's today and uh go online ladyjanes.com to find all the locations nearest you thank you for uh coming in today jim oh anytime guys and answering questions about why the paper's so broken yes and the business uh, getting up to its feet and uh, marching down the path ahead can you do you want to just you know say that you grew up in god's country and ohio state's the greatest institution on the planet i mean you didn't want to talk about that i don't apologize for that sorry i mean i don't think it doesn't mean i uh I don't like living in Michigan or the state up north, as we like to call it. Wait, you're from Ohio too? Oh well, yeah, I grew up in Columbus. Where oh, else am I going to go to school? Come I was on. I was born in Columbus. Yeah, I good lived man. there for uh, for man. a whopping six months. Grew up a Buckeye fan because my dad is a good for you. But then you went to Michigan, Scarlet. And what I was alleging earlier, I wanted to go to better school. 
Let me. Uh, I wish Michigan were were better. <laughs> the football team. I really do not. Oh, me too. Uh, I mean, it is sort of pleasurable to beat them as much as we have because it's payback for the Cooper years, which I also had to live through. You've had probably but enough of the it'd be, payback. It'd be better if they were better. I oh, want them to be a good team. I've always said I would love both teams to always be undefeated yes. when they meet eleven and zero. Yep. Um, and I wish Michigan, I wish Michigan State would end up with only two losses every year. But yeah, you know, it's good for everybody. Good, so. good for everybody. Uh, who do you who do you, who do you hate more, real quickly, Mark? Michigan State or Ohio State? Oh boy, hate is such a strong word. Well, who do you dislike? Um, more? I take more abuse from Spartan fans, so that kind of I guess that would bother me more if that makes. But I'm I'm beyond that. It, now. it does. It my my thing is 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 an objective. Well, okay, try to be objective, columnist. <laughs> on this whole rivalry between these three schools is that from Michigan's perspective, they'd, they'd rather beat Ohio state, but it's more painful to lose to Michigan state because you have to live with it. Oh, maybe yeah. all year round and, and hear that you because you're not, you're not, you're supposed to lose Ohio state. You're not supposed to lose to Michigan state. So that's more pain, but the joy is greater when you beat Ohio state. Uh, I've always said Michigan fans are very myopic and they're very focused on Michigan and um, Michigan State fans are also very focused on Michigan. Gary Moeller said it back in the early 80s. He said, nobody wants to hear this, but our the, 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 the game we have to win the most each year is Michigan State. Oh, and he true. said, and I know the the people that build up the Ohio State rivalry don't want to hear that, but it's – and he said Michigan alums don't want to hear it, but they know in their heart that's true. Ohio they just don't want to admit it. Ohio State's more important, though. If you beat them. Um, but the lot losing to them doesn't shit. do the same damage. They haven't as losing it, they haven't beaten State. anybody in a while, so that's true. I'll take victories over either one any time. Yeah, What's no, that? they do need to get. They need to get better. They do. They do. It's been great having you here, man. Yeah, and sitting in that seat, somebody do reasonable. I, uh, do I look more handsome than Elric in this? A seat? little bit. I, well, no, excuse me, a lot more. not as much as mark mark is the you know the sexiest guy in ferndale well if you like this show and you want to help out um you can always rate it uh, give it if you don't like it give it five stars and then rip it to part in um in the comment section but rate uh, review subscribe if you can share it spread the word you can also go to drewandmikestore.com there's lots of ml shirts as uh, we're both wearing today do you have one, Jim? Did ML ever give I you a shirt? I do not have one of those. All right, I'm going to make sure you get you a shirt. But there's all kinds of great swag on there. And the, the Kwame Sutra. There you go. That's that's on the store, too. I have uh, about 6,000 of those in my garage. Well, we need to move 6,000, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to move them for you. So yeah, that's all nice. there as well. See and, me uh, for uh, backup supply. <laughs> I appreciate it. And Sean, I will let you do the honor. Well, did you mention the, the other fine offerings on the Red Shovel Network? Of course not. I was going to let you do that. Oh, I was. I'm supposed to do that. So Charlie Little Duff's No BS News Hour, which can be heard. I don't know, five six times a day, every day, right? No, uh, it's on Friday live, um, and and then yeah, and then it's on. Podcast. And then you can replay it for the next all the time you know, every t- is because yeah. you know whenever you're in your car, put it you know pop it in, play it. Maybe you'll run into them at a gas station somewhere. That'd like be you great. Did. Yeah, exactly. And then the and then uh, share, share awkward stares with each other. Yeah, like you did. <laughs> yeah, like is that you? Is that you? I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. And the Drew and Mike podcast, right? The show of shows, the show that uh, makes all this possible, right? Yes, sir. Makes Mm -hmm. me possible, Jim possible. I don't get anything. (laughs) Well, you're here. I was promised uh, beverages last time I was here, and here's the second time. There's still no beverages. And Mark, I'll I'll take it up with the boss. That's Uh, the the main daily show, Mark, and when can we hear that? Uh, Every day. 
from post that night. Uh, well, it's Sunday night through uh, Thursday night. By the way, can I just say real quickly? We did this show so nice and quickly. I went upstairs to use the restroom as I do. Unfortunately, I'm like a an old guy. I am kind of an old guy. And Drew, for the first time in months, didn't say when are you guys going to be done. <laughs> is, is that a coincidence? On, no, it's because we start on. Time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just tossing that out there. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, it will all be addressed next Tuesday. I have a feeling. Oh God! Yeah, we're gonna pay the for retribution. This. We're gonna pay for having fun today. Take your vac- I'm gonna take a vacation next Tuesday. Then, yeah. Okay. So we're lying. On that note, <laughs> Cyrus. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Be sure to listen again next week at the same time when. Come on, Alex. This time, a pair of cross-telephone wires put the good neighbor policy into effect. So the murderous accompaniment of an off-key xylophone, one good neighbor almost kills another good neighbor. Fella named Windsor. Windsor.